0: morning my name is charles morgan i'm with word of the live ministries i want to thank you so much for listening to us uh i get to hear people as i talk to them and and tell me that they've listened to me and i i appreciate that and if you if you listen to me on the radio if you call up the radio station and tell them hey i I enjoy that i'd appreciate that because i don't really get a lot of feedback doing this but i appreciate everyone that uh, uh supports us through prayers through monetary gifts and keeps us on the air as we pay for this but uh it's just uh, appreciated much uh, as I as I uh, do this sermon. Um, uh, a little bit heavy heart. I just uh, I buried my daddy on uh, Wednesday, and so that's uh, been a little tough. But uh, you know, I had him for a while. He taught me about the Lord, and I appreciate that so much. I loved him, and and for what he did, and and let me know that. And and uh, here I am today, and and uh, just continue to pray for my family. Today I'm going to be in uh, the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew chapter 22. I'm we'll starting verse 15. It said, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us therefore what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is the image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesars. Then saith he unto them, Render unto uh, Caesar the things which are Caesar's, unto God the things which are God's. Verse 22, When they had heard these words, They marveled and left him and went their way. Now, if you're thinking, oh, no, he's going to preach about money, I'm going to tell you right now that this scripture is not even about money, really. Uh, The Pharisees brought that, and that was kind of the subject of it, but it was really not the meaning of the scripture. is not about money. It's about the worship of God. And what they were doing in the first verse, it talks about, he said, they sought counsel where they could entangle him, with his talk, they were going to try to trick him into saying something so they'd go, oh, there you go. And so his followers would hear that. We hear those kind of things today. People try to twist the scripture to say, oh, see there, you don't really believe that. And and he even called them, he he said, you hypocrites. He said, you're saying one thing, you're doing another. Uh, you're two-faced is what that means. It comes from the Greek where they would have their plays and they would hold up a face. And, and that's where hypocrite comes from. And so uh, they come to him and it said, with the Herodians. Now they try to butter him up. I want you, to, <laughs> they're pretty pretty slick about what they're doing. They try to butter him up. They come in there and they say, oh, we, uh, we know you're true and you teach the way of God and truth. And, and, and then the, uh, uh, they're just trying to get in there and, and smooth him over, slick him so he messes up. That's what they were trying to do. Now see, they didn't realize who they were talking to. They didn't realize they were talking to God. And Jesus is God. He always has been, always will be. He was right then and he was before that. And so they they come in they try to uh, butter him up with that. And, and people are going to do that. I've had people try to do that to me. And, oh, well, you're a man of God, you know, and I know you know the Bible. And then they go, but, and then they try to throw something in there. So that's what they were doing to Jesus. But they said something to him. And what they were saying was true, but they said something after that. And they said, neither carest thou for any man. And That doesn't mean he didn't care for people. He said, for thou regardest not the person men. What they were saying is, you speak the truth and you're not worried about what men think of it. You're not a politician, in other words. Now, there's a difference between a politician and a statesman. A politician is going to say whatever they can, whenever they uh, can, and however they can to get your vote and get you to be for them, a statesman is going to represent you and do the right thing. Jesus, they said, wasn't caring what people thought. They weren't, he wasn't saying things that he thought people would enjoy. I heard something yesterday as Barna had done a survey and was talking about that uh, pastors in the United States having a biblical view, a biblical worldview and preaching that. And, And he said, honestly, he said about 30%. One in three in the pulpits are actually preaching from the Bible instead of preaching a political message. Now, this is something I've been saying for a while and and some uh, get critical about it. But that's sad, folks. That's sad that people are not preaching the word of God from the pulpits. They're not getting in there and preaching what God's word said. We don't have to like it. We don't have to agree with it. But it's true. And what they were saying was true, that Jesus was saying true things, and he didn't care what other people say. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in the same boat. It is not my concern of what you think about what I say. It's my concern that you accept Jesus Christ, that you know the truth of God's word, that when I say these things, I can back them up and you read it, and this word of God is the most powerful thing. I don't care if you forget everything I've ever said, that you've ever heard me to say, I'm okay with that. As long as you remember what the Word of God says because it is true. And when we follow that, we are doing the right thing. We are following the truth. There's a lot of things in our world today that are coming up politically and people are uh, criticizing it. And, and uh, Christians are taking heat. And I preached about that I think last week about it. That how they hate us because they hated Jesus first. But that's the way it's going to be if you stand upon God's principle. And Jesus stood on the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He was at that time. He was before, and He always will be the Word. John called Him the Word, and He is that. So these words that we read are Jesus, and they said they were telling the truth, but they were trying to trick Him. Folks, don't be trying to trick Jesus. You can't do it. You can't get over on Him. I I told you, you know that I've had things going on in my life, and I'm telling you right now uh, that I've I've talked to Him, and He already knows how I feel. I'm not trying to trick him. I'm just taking myself to him. And even when I've got doubts and misgivings and fears, I can take them to him and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Kind of like David. Have you, have you, have you forgotten about me, God? I'm, I'm still here now. And he's he's no, I did not forgotten about you. I've been here all along. i got a good plan for you. But it's my plan, not yours. And I can't give suggestions to God that would be uh, the right thing. Uh, I, I just don't do that, you know. So he, uh, he said, "You don't care about this." And so then they go into the tricky. They're trying to throw it in there, trying to slip him up. He said, "Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou?" I like that. Hey, Jesus, uh, what do you think about this? That's that's the way we would say it. What do you think? What do you What do you think about this? You know, uh, you know what? What's your mind on this? And he, they said, "Is it lawful? Is it lawful?" You know, not, is it right? Is it justified? Lord teaches. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, well, is it lawful to do this? You know, uh, people do that all the time. Well, what, what do you think about, you know, singing songs? What do you think about that song? Or what do you think about this thing? Or, you know, uh, you know, I don't like the way we fill up the communion cups. What do you think about that? Or, or we didn't pass them out right. Or you know, so and so, I don't think he, you know, what do you think? What do you think about the color of the carpet, you know? And what they're trying to do is get something so they can take and somebody else will. Well, you know, they they said that uh, they didn't like the color of the carpet. When in fact it wasn't all they said. But that's what they're trying to do. Is it lawful? Is it lawful, Lord, to give tribute unto Caesar or not? So what they're saying is, is it lawful to pay you taxes? That's what they were saying. And they had paid taxes back then. It was tribute under Caesar. And what they're going to try to trick him into doing is if he says, yeah, they're saying, well, you're worshiping him then. That's what you're doing. And they had all these kinds of things. And I, I can't, I'm not going to just tell you. I know exactly what they were thinking, but I can, I can hear their, their talk, their mindset of thinking, if he says this, this is what we're going to say to, to say, well, what about this? And if he says this, we're going to say, "Well, what about this?" See, they were they were formulating a game plan. You know, when I when I was in high school, we would uh I played sports, and we would we would formulate a game plan. We would watch the opponents, and we would we would formulate, and we would have. Well, if they do this and we're going to do this, if they bring their, their uh, linebacker over here, here's how we're going to do. Or or if we were on defense and we were going to key on this guy. See, that guy, when he moves his foot, uh, we know we're going to shift because he's going to get the ball. And that's what they're doing. They're formulated and game plan. And it's all against Jesus. It's not about God. It never was about God. That wasn't what they were trying to do. They weren't trying to glorify God. Folks, if you're going to ask a question and you're going to try to bring something up, make sure it glorifies God. Make sure you're trying to find out something so that you can glorify God with it. Not that you can do what you want to with it. Well, we got our own things, we got our traditions, we got all these kinds of things, and and I know what you're saying, oh no, we don't have any traditions that other church does. You've got as many traditions as any other church. I've been in churches where that if you sing more than two songs before the preaching, uh they'd get upset. What are you doing? Well, that's all we do, you know. That's all we've ever done, you know. Uh, two songs and get up there. I've had people come to me and tell me, "Well, you know what I really want? I just want a couple of songs and hear preaching. I don't want to hear that special. I don't want to see these kids get up here. I don't want to see this other thing. See, that's tradition. That's not what God said. It's tradition. Over in Mark, he talks about that. And he's talking to the, to the Pharisees again, and he's telling them, he said, you know, uh, you dishonor your parents. You say that you honor things, but you say, well, if it's a gift, I, I don't have to give. I'll give to here. but I don't, I won't take care of my parents. You should be taking care of your parents. God said you should. And in verse 13, he said, uh, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like do ye. Now, the reason that he was talking this way is because they came in, and I'm in chapter seven of Mark reading this, and what he they did uh, the Pharisees came to his his disciples they didn't go to Jesus they'd heard, kind of learned their lesson a little bit there. they went to his disciples and said, "Hey how come how come they uh, y'all, y'all eat with without uh, washing your hands? How come you do that? how come you how come you do that? Well see what they had done they had added to the scripture. And they said, well, you have to wash your hands because cleanliness is next to godliness, right? See, we say that, don't we? Well, that's what they were saying. Don't be a Pharisee. Look, I've eaten sandwiches with, uh, with cow manure on my hands because I didn't have time to go uh, get in there and eat. You know, it didn't, it didn't change anything except I ate a little cow manure and somebody people go, Oh, you don't talk like that. Well, you, you probably have to, but I'm telling you, that wasn't what they were after. They were trying to trick Jesus again. They were trying to trick his disciples, trying to turn them against him. And he ended up telling them, he said, you've got these traditions that you've thrown in there, and one of them is washing your hands. You've decided that you're so pious and holy, you wash your hands all day. I'm not against washing hands, folks, by the way. Uh, my mom and daddy made me do it all the time, and, and uh, I, you know, I like to do it. I like to clean my hands before I eat, uh, if I can. But that wasn't what it was about. And he threw it back on him, and he told him, he said, you're making God's word of non-effect. Non-effect. Let's not be doing that. Let's not be making God's word of non-effect. Let's make sure that when we say something, it's the right thing. And it's to glorify God. It's not about our traditions, but it's about the word of God. When we uh, look at a, a church, and if you go into a different church, they're probably going to do some, something different than what you do in your church. That's okay. If you don't like it, don't go there. Don't try to change everything they do. You know, if they're preaching something contrary to the Word of God, you definitely don't need to go there. And you probably need to uh, say something to the pastor and say, Hey, that, that wasn't right. I didn't appreciate that. You know, that was against the Word of God. And uh, and we need to make sure that it glorifies God when we do these things. and our traditions, we need to make sure that uh, just because we're hung up in them doesn't mean that that's the way it's got to be. We need to take it to Jesus. And so he talks to these guys and he tells them, he said, "He said, uh, you know, you're tempting me. Verse 18 said, but Jesus, I like this, but Jesus. Now, if you're going to say, but anything, you better say, but Jesus, but Jesus said this. Look, if somebody tells you something and it's wrong, you say, but Jesus said this. And Jesus is always right. He's always telling the truth. He did at this moment. Oh, praise God that He's always right. Praise God that I can go to Him and He knows the right thing. When we're hurting and, and and trembling, He can He can comfort us. And sometimes He uses other people. I'm telling you right now, I've got brothers in Christ, and I I can call them up. I can weep on the phone with them. I can I can uh, ask them to pray, and I know they're going to pray. And and God uses them to comfort me. And how does he do that? He puts the scripture in their heart and and gives it back to me and reminds me of it. We need to be reminded of scripture even when we know it. Sometimes we need it to be said to us. We need to read it and let it come right back at us and, and, and shine its headlights right in our eyes and say, Listen here. We need that. And that's what Jesus is doing with the Pharisees. Jesus didn't do this because he hated them. He did it because he loved them and he wanted to see them accept him and have a home in heaven. When he talked to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, he talked to him and he sat there. And folks, we got to where we don't talk anymore. We don't sit down and talk. We say, oh no, we're so uh, divided one way or another in our churches, and our life and everything. We don't have any talk. See, Jesus wants to talk to you. Nicodemus came to him and he didn't understand things, but Jesus didn't get mad at him. He didn't criticize him. He said, Oh man, he said, You're thinking wrong. He said, Let me explain it. So you'll know it. And I truly believe Nicodemus was saved because he and Joseph of Arimathea came and, and asked Pilate for the body of Christ. He wouldn't have done that if he hadn't accepted Christ. I truly believe he got saved, and I, I within my heart I do. And I hope that you're saved today. And I hope that during this message, if you're not saved today, you'll, you'll say, I want Jesus. I want those answers. I want those things that Jesus, only Jesus can say. But he looked at him and he said this, and he'll do this with you. If you take something to him and you're wrong, he'll do this with you as well. He'll bring the scripture to you. And he'll tell you, you're wrong. He said, he said but Jesus perceived their wickedness. Their wickedness. They weren't trying to do the right thing. They were trying to trick him in front of everybody. And turn everybody against him. And he said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? You're two-faced. You're coming to me saying one thing. But man, your motives are something different. I know you. I know what you're thinking. See, Jesus knows our thoughts. Man, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? Being around Jesus all the time and going, oh, man, I'm trying not to think about that. Uh, I just had a mean thought. Oh, don't tell me you don't have them. Let somebody pull in front of you one day. Tell me you don't have a mean thought. I do. Man, do you see what they did to me? They nearly killed me. Those old thoughts come up, don't they? But Jesus would know those. He'd be sitting over there and even if you didn't say it, he'd go, hey. And Jesus said, if you thunk it, you done it. He said, if you even think about adultery, you've already done it. How about that? That's not my words, that's Jesus' words. And boy, they, they cut, man, don't they? Because you have those thoughts and you go, uh yeah, boy, that was bad, wasn't it? But he knew them and he knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were up to before they even got there. Before they were even born, he knew what they were going to do. That's amazing to me and it just, it just blows me away in so many ways, but he, he said, why are you tempting me? Why are you throwing this at me? Why are you trying to trick me? In other words, he wanted everybody to know what they were doing. That's the reason he said it. It's just like when he healed the man that had been dropped down through the roof and what he said to him first, he said, your sins be forgiven you. And they Pharisees, man, they were thinking. How can anybody forgive sins except they be God? Duh, yeah. But see, they wouldn't acknowledge him. And he knew what they were thinking. They said, well, which do you think would be easier for me? To forgive sins or to tell him to get up and walk? And he said, just so you know who I really am, go ahead and get up and walk. Go on home. You see, he knew their thoughts and he directed it at them. And he taught everybody around him. That's what he does. A lot of times he lays us bare in order to teach us. Lays it open and says, why are you doing this to me? Why are you, why are you bringing it to me this way? But it's in love. And then he says something to him and, and a lot of people know this story, but, but he says, show me the tribute money. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not preaching about money. So if you think that I, I do believe in tithing, by the way, I believe you ought to give to your local church. And if you have others, then you ought to uh, contribute. Uh, to other ministries. But you ought to give to your local church. And I do believe in tithing. That's a 10%. And it came before the law. Uh, with Abraham. When he gave to Melchizedek. And I, I truly believe that. But I'm not preaching about money today. And this is not about about money. This is about our worship. This is about who we worship. And we ought to be worshiping Jesus Christ. And he said. Why tempt you me? And he said. He said. Do you have a, a coin? He said. Show me. A coin. Because he, he wanted to. He wanted to tell him something but he wanted to make it visual to him and I, I I'll be honest with you uh, I'm a visual learner uh, I'd be honest with you whether I wasn't a visual learner too by the way but I'm a visual learner I like to see it done I, if somebody does something thats I, I like some of these uh, channels you can get on the internet and you can find these and and you can watch them do it and I if I can watch them do it I, I can go right back and I can do it But a lot of times when they just tell me, I'm like, okay, you lost me at, are you listening? But if I can watch them do it and I can see it, it it makes it into my brain better. So that's what he's doing. He, he's getting this picture in everybody's brain. And he's fixing to, he's fixing to stamp it in there so that they understand uh, not only the Pharisees, but all those that are around him, his disciples, uh, the ones that are just uh, sitting there going, hey, I, I just came to listen to this guy because uh, I wanted to see what he would say. And he said, show me the tribute money. Show me what uh, a coin so I can look at it. And they, they got, and they said they brought into him a penny, uh, my Bible's got, it says 44 cents, I don't know, is a, a denarii, probably, but, uh, it was a coin. And I've seen some in, in pictures, you know, of, of antiquity, uh, uh, stuff, and, and we look at it, and he said, he said, okay, he said, he said, basically, he said, whose picture's on it, and what does it say? Now, we look at our money, and we can kinda we can kinda get this because we have past presidents on our money, or maybe a past person uh that was of renown that uh people remember uh uh some of it uh it's it's women on some of it, but uh we that got their image. And so there's an image on there, but there's also something some else. And it says in God we trust. I'm not sure that's true in our nation anymore, and, and uh, there's a, a man that's an atheist has been trying for years to get it taken off of there, but that's what it says. And it's got some other things. It's got uh, an inscription on where it was made. It was minted at a certain place, and it's got a date on it. Uh, I like to collect wheat pennies and I've got some older ones and they've got different mints and they've got, uh, different dates on them and, and I like that. I like looking at them and finding the ones that I really want and, and, uh, want to keep. And so, uh, uh, we all looked at those coins. Maybe you hadn't looked at it enough that you're really even thinking about it, but it's got inscriptions on it and it's got an image on it. And that's what he asked. He says, uh, whose is the image and what's the superscription? What's the image? Whose image is on there? And what does it say? He knew what they were going to say. Because there was no other answer to what he asked. Jesus is asking you a question today. He said, do you want eternal life? Now there's two answers to that. Yes or no. Now, you can say yes, and you can accept Christ, and you can say, I'm not going to tempt him anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to rely upon traditions. Traditions will tell you that if you go up front and you get your name on the road book, that you're going to heaven. That is a tradition, especially in a Baptist church that I know because I've been there, but I'm not preaching Baptist. I'm preaching Jesus Christ, but I'm telling you, there's too many people think because of the tradition that they came forward and said, yeah, I want my name on the book. That they're going to heaven. Without that relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not going to heaven. Without calling upon the name of the Lord. I don't care if you went up there and you told the preacher every bad thing you had done from stealing the bubble gum in third grade on up to uh, stealing the paper clip from work or whatever other bad stuff you did. You can confess to him all you want and you still won't be saved until you take it to Jesus and say, I, I confess that I'm a sinner and I, I know that you paid my sin debt and I want that free gift of salvation. Because I know the wages of sin is death. But that gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. They only had one answer. And they said. Caesars. They knew who it was. Here's the thing. They used the same money. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the buying power of that money. It wasn't about the fact they had it. It wasn't about the fact that they paid taxes or didn't want to pay taxes or anything about the money. It was not about the money. It's never about the money. It's about Jesus Christ and taking the word of God out into this world. Now, number one, you take care of the man of God. You take care of the man of God. He's worthy of what he does. You give to that church, and if they're putting it where it's supposed to be, you give to them so that they can take it out, because there's people in that church that are going to go and take it out when you're not going to, probably. If you can, you give to a missionary that goes to a foreign field, but you start at home. You say, boy, you're making it about the money. Well, I am a little bit, and that's just, uh, that's just tough. If you don't like it? Turn me off. They said, it's Caesar. And he said something to them. That, that people still repeat today. And I, I'll tell you. I've had people use this wrong. They'll try to justify. Not doing the right thing. He said render therefore unto Caesar. The things which are Caesar's. And here's. What it's all about. And unto God. God. The things that are God's. He was telling them. This ain't really about the money. It's about you not. Rendering to God. What is God's. Folks today. We go into what we call worship service. And we don't worship. We go in and we. Hold our traditions. We sing a couple of songs. We Hear a sermon. We make announcements. We stand up. We hear a prayer, hopefully. Some churches don't even do that anymore. And then we walk out feeling justified, but all the while feeling empty because we truly didn't worship. We brought stuff in with us. We expected things. Oh, I'm not getting anything out of this worship. You're not getting anything out of it because you didn't bring anything in. You're like the person that goes to a potluck with an empty bowl. I'm not bringing anything in here, but I sure want you to fill me up while I'm here. And that's what you do. You go into worship and you say, I'm not bringing anything to God. I'm not truly coming in here to worship God. See, it's not about what we're getting out of it. It's coming in and taking it to God. We're to sing together, but we're going there and we we uh are supposed to praise God and and give Him the glory. That's what it's about. And that's what he got down to and he said, Unto God the things that are God's. Not a plural God, but a possessive. With an apostrophe. They belong to God. Are you giving to God what belongs to Him? Are you giving Him the worship? He's the only one that deserves it angels would not accept worship and they still won't today. When Joshua went to the wall of Jericho, the person there said, take off your shoes, you're on hallowed ground. He said, you need to worship. When Moses approached the burning bush, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. They were meeting Jesus. Are you prepared to meet Jesus right now? You see, these guys were not prepared to meet Jesus. They didn't come to him in the right way. They came to him trying to trick him, trying to turn others away, and try to glorify themselves. Because like I said, it, it, you know, I can't tell you that it says what their thoughts were, but I can look at it and I can say, after they got done, they were going to put their thumbs in their suspenders, even though they didn't wear them back then and walk away going, "Hey, did you hear what we just did? Did you see what we just did? Oh, man. Oh, look at us. Look at us. Look, we we defeated that old guy, you know. Y'all think he's a prophet, but boy, we tricked him. That's what they were up for. That's what they were out for. That's what they wanted to do. Verse 22, though, describes the outcome of this and this is for anybody that ever meets Jesus, whether they're trying to do the wrong thing or not, it says, when they heard these words, when Jesus speaks, people listen. Amen. When Jesus speaks, you better listen. When Jesus speaks, it means something. Now I'm going to tell you a lot of times when I talk, it's just, it's just blowing and going. You know, when I went with my family this week, I, I started telling stories and stuff and I was just blowing in and going. When Jesus speaks, every single word is for us. He see, when they heard these words, they marveled. And then there's an apostrophe there. Pause a little bit. They marveled. What does that mean, man? They were blown away and then they left. And they went their way because they were completely flabbergasted, blown away, never heard anything like it. Because that's what happens when you meet Jesus. You come away and say, ah, whoo, man, I'm blown away and never, never had anything like this before. Well, Praise God, I met Jesus. Saul met him on the road to Damascus. I met him and I, I told him I was a sinner and I accepted that free gift of salvation. And you can today too. And I'm a changed person because of it. Looking forward to the day that I meet my loved ones in heaven. And I know I will. How about you? Have you met Jesus? And if you did, were you trying to mess him up? Trying to glorify yourself? Or did you want to glorify him? Because it's all about glorifying him. Every single bit of it. And I hope that's what you're about today. Hope you'll go to him and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I need you and I need eternal life. I want to thank you for allowing me to be with you today. My name is Charles Morgan. I'm with Word is Live Ministries. Thank you very much.